Coming to you pre-recorded from the Garage of Solitude, this is Mario Francisco Robles. And I'm Brett Miro from the Bat Office. In Massapequa. And this is episode 145 of the Fanboy Podcast. How you doing, Brett? It's been so long since we've spoken. I know. I. Uh, that's not true, actually. We just recorded <laughs> three days ago, and I am ready because we have a hell of a show today. Yes. We have a giant, let's just get into it, it's a giant DC blowout. This is going to be a DC mega episode here, and it's a good thing we agreed to do two episodes this week, right? Because we just released one on Tuesday, and that was a good one. If you haven't checked out 144, we covered some really good ground there, but yes, this article that arrived on Thursday has given us a lot to talk about today because, well, let's get into it. We're going to, we, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, this week I have got a Superman on film update for you. That's and it right. actually comes in, in a number of different varieties. Uh-huh, you see what I did there? Yeah. Um, before we get into the one that's actually from that publication, uh, earlier this week, in fact, right after we uploaded episode 144, an interesting rumor hit the uh, net there, Brett. And that is, it, it comes by way of Jeff Snyder, uh, the in-Snyder and formerly of The Wrap, and in general, a fairly well-known and well uh well-respected film reporter, he let it be known that Ta-Nehisi Coates is getting ready to turn in his draft of the Superman reboot that he's working on with J.J. Abrams. And that's like the first thing we've really heard about this damn thing in over a year. So that yeah, we've been dreaming itself, about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like in and of itself, that is an update. The fact that, well, well look, because remember, Originally, it had been said that it was going to be turned in in uh, like December. And here right. we are in April. So with all these months passing by, you know, you you wouldn't be an idiot if you kind of thought maybe that project just disappeared like any number of other DC projects that have vanished over the years that were mentioned at some point. But according to Jeff Snyder, Ta-Nehisi Coates is getting ready to submit his draft of the script. So that project is still alive. No one really knows fully what it is. Everyone, the, the, the word on the street, the rumor continues to be that this is a film about a black Superman. But we don't know. We don't have any confirmation on that. We have we, we still know basically nil other than the fact that it's got Ta-Nehisi Coates. It's produced by J.J. Abrams and it's about Superman. So <laughs> whatever it is, it's still alive and someone's going to be reading a Superman script soon and presumably making a decision about whether or not to make that damn movie. But now we get to part B of the Superman on film update for the week, because who knows if they're going to be interested in what Coates writes, because it looks like we might be heading towards like a reboot of the reboot of DC. But one thing at a time, the big thing that came out of this variety report that came out as it as it pertains to our boy Superman, our big blue Boy Scout is that according to some well-placed sources, uh, the head of Discovery, or Discovery in general, feels like Superman, as I'm going to put it exactly the way they did, uh, because this wording is very, very interesting. So I'm going to read you just a, a whole little section here from the article. Discovery insiders believe that although DC has achieved cinematic success with recent films such as Aquaman and The Batman, it lacks a coherent creative, a, a coherent creative and brand strategy. 
Discovery believes that several top-shelf characters, such as Superman, have been left to languish and need to be revitalized. So, full stop, okay? In layman's terms, the new boss is walking around the offices going, where the hell is Superman? <laughs> I bought Warner Brothers in DC, and you have Superman, the arguably the most important superhero character ever. Where is he? What's going on? Why why has he been left to languish? Why has he been left to, to lose relevancy and sit on a shelf? So for once, it looks like somebody is stepping in with some hint of power and saying, hey, we got to make a freaking Superman movie here. What's going on? What True are words have never been said. <laughs> right? And what all right, so question. Where is Superman? Where is Superman? And before I give my full reaction to this, uh, Brett, how do you feel hearing that? Hearing that the new boss is like, what's up with this? It's amazing to me that uh, no one prior to this has been asking that question. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they have, but they've been silenced. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this is seems like the most obvious question to have been asking, and I'm glad that the first thing this guy did was come <laughs> in and, and say, your flagship character is nowhere to be found. <laughs> so yeah. maybe yeah. we should get on that. Yeah, uh, I love that the so ink isn't even dry on the deal yet, and he's right. already like, all right, so where is he? What, yeah. What's the big plan here? Huh? What's going on? Because, because, uh, and that's the thing. So the reason this excites me is that prior to reading this and prior to knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that Discovery is thinking this way, you know, we've had to deal with all these different rumors about the Flash, about whether or not they're going to totally retcon Superman out of the thing. If Supergirl is essentially just going to replace Superman and the Justice League, and now she's the one who handled all of the events of Man of Steel, and there really just is no Superman. And by the way, I, I never even mentioned this to you, Brett. According to one of the other wide-eyed rumors that are floating around, in the post credit scene, I'm not, again, I'm not going to say how it happens, but something will be made clear that there really just is no Superman in this DC world at this time. Like they're just kind of just zeroing him out and there's no real mention of there could be another Superman coming. Remember? And, and I told you like, yeah. And I told you like, maybe the way to look at that is like, they're just trying to clean the slate and prepare a new, you know, prepare a, a fresh environment for a Superman to appear in. But the point is that movie, and no matter what rumors I've heard and how I feel about them, the one consistent thing I keep hearing is that Supergirl is the priority and there really is no heat around the idea of getting the Superman movie going right now, that it's just, you know, the, the, the leadership prior to discovery was really just feeling like Superman for whatever reason needs to be on the back burner and Supergirl is the big thing right now. And we're going to just take our sweet ass time with Superman. So, you know, when, when, when discussing all those rumors, it was like, no matter what I think of it, no matter what, it doesn't look like there's going to be any kind of Superman on the horizon. So suddenly having discovery come in and say, where is he? And we need to do something with him. That goes, you know, th th that tells me like maybe we're not just waiting in limbo forever for Superman for another 5, 10, 15 years. Listen, they know there is money to be made and there... if there's money to be made. They want it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and if anything, you know, uh, without going on too much of a tangent, 
maybe these the Supergirl plans uh, are going to keep moving forward with like you know whatever they are keeping connected in this DC universe, and then maybe we do just get a Superman movie that's kind of in its own island, like the Batman. And, yeah, uh, I think I think for most Superman fans, I think they'd be okay with that just to get a a good Superman movie. You know, so I agree. whether it's connected or not, let's just get a good Superman movie. Let's just get a good Superman movie. And again, it it it, it going circling back to the Ta-Nehisi Coates thing too. Like, remember, he's not submitting this essentially to the same bosses that hired him last year. He's now submitting this you know, with, with Discovery now, you know, overseeing everything. Who knows if they even have an interest in something that's not a traditional Clark Kent Superman story. Right. You know what I mean? Because by all accounts, the Ta-Nehisi Coates thing was either going to focus on like Calvin Ellis or potentially give us an all new Superman. And it wasn't you know, it was going to be its own sort of unique animal. Yeah, you know, I feel like some of the comparisons were almost like to the Matt Reeves Batman in that this is going to really be its own unique take, even though the Matt Reeves one still sticks a lot to the actual, you know the actual Batman and Bruce Wayne, but it was just, it's always been kind of spoken of like, it's kind of like this creative offshoot that is its own thing. And I'm wondering if you're discovery and you see Superman as a triple a title that needs to get all of the international love and attention that it does, that it deserves. Are you going to green light something that's more of like a risk? Are you going to, are you going to green light this Ta-Nehisi Coates movie? Or are you going to go, thanks for this, but we're looking for a more traditional Superman story right now because we want to bring Superman back to the masses, to the mainstream, and we don't want to do a take on him. We want to do him properly. You know, like... And for all we know, the Ta-Nehisi Coates Superman is a more traditional Superman script. We don't, we don't know anything. Yeah, we don't so. know anything. Listen, 100%. he's written, he's written comics before, novels, um, you know, yeah. uh, op-eds and everything. He's he's a pretty prolific writer. Um, yeah. and you know, there's no there's no reason to think that, you know, he just went in and made some weird offshoot or yeah, took one be, of these like Elseworld versions. Like he could have yeah. came in and just said, "You know, I'm going to make a real Superman Clark Kent story that is like really engaging with the times yeah. that we live in and the America that we live in and the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, if, if you like read a, a lot of his writings and some of his comics and just some of his books and stuff, he's, that's something he very much seems to understand well. And mm-hmm. like how a character exists, like, you know, in a world, uh, you know, like ours, that is yeah. <laughs> in utter chaos kind of. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't, there's no reason to think that. So who, who knows? We'll find out. Mm-hmm. If there's a draft soon, I'm sure there will be leaks soon, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Some details are going to hit the net at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the reasons that I was really happy he got the job. I thought based on his writing history, this guy can absolutely tell a fascinating story about Superman in today's America. And it'll be a story that has something to say about the world that we live in. But yeah still be a you know a quintessential sort of classic superman story it wouldn't it be sad by the way to find out that like because by the way there's no like statements he's never said i'm writing a black superman movie so how sad would it be if like that rumor just got started because people were like well he's a black writer and he wrote black I, and Panther. i feel like a lot of it is that and you yeah. know there's this like you know very vocal minority you know it's the same people that are going like oh they're pushing supergirl because it's a woke agenda and mm-hmm. they cast a latina actress and it's so a he's girl probably just gonna write a black yeah. superman. oh he's yeah. probably just gonna make a black superman and it's just yeah. like 
I mean, you're missing the point. I mean, I don't know. And and he's just a very talented writer. It does. And whether you know, listen, whether he does it or not, doesn't matter. He's a talented writer. So, yeah. but it. I think to just make that assumption is so stupid. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think he understands how to how to write this ca- character. I feel like he's I, I he's agree. a guy that could put a great a great interesting spin and, and make him relevant. And that's the most important thing. We need yeah. a very relevant Superman. We need a Superman that is not clinging on to, you know, like Superman returns where it's clinging on to this nostalgia kind of factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yeah, ar- you know, arguably man of steel, which I mean, I thought was very relevant actually in a lot of yeah. ways, but you know, for some people it didn't quite, you know, stick the landing, um, <laughs> so to speak, or like, you know, it, some people thought that Snyder's version kind of missed the point of the character in certain aspects. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like a great, a great, uh, you know, analogy is just like what they're doing with with Superman on Superman and Lois, and how um, really how they're handling him there. I think is is a really excellent, you know, blueprint. I agree. I mean, Tanahisi Coates has a million different ways he could go with this. Uh, I'm excited to hear that that script is still apparently happening, you know, and Abrams is still attached to all that. But again, let's see what the current DC landscape, you know, see how the current bosses handle this. Because the other, like the the big overarching thesis from this Variety article, I'll just read you the headline. All right. The headline is Warner Brothers Discovery Exploring Overhaul of DC Entertainment. And this overhaul, it's fascinating the timing of it, right? Because we just had Batman come out, right? And that Mm -hmm. exists in its own world. Um, And I feel in a lot of ways like the DC Universe has been in kind of a state of limbo for a while. You know, post-Justice League, a lot of the interconnected DC universe has kind of been a bit of a patchwork. You know, Aquaman was connected to things, but also kind of went in its own direction. Shazam was connected to things, but again, they couldn't show Henry Cavill's face and there were certain limits to how connected it could be, right? Birds of Prey was connected, but it kind of pushed things in in its kind of own unique direction and kind of set itself apart from Suicide Squad, you know, David Ayer's Suicide Squad. And then there was Joker, which was connected to nothing, which we'll get back to in a second. And then there was Wonder Woman 84, which is connected, but kind of... It's like a prequel-ish. It takes place earlier in the timeline, so it's not kind of its own island as well, you know? Yeah, and honestly, like, until we get this next wave of films, until Black Adam arrives until Shazam 2 arrives, but especially until The Flash arrives, the course for the future kind of remains up in the air. Like The world is still kind of waiting to see what this new DC universe is going to look and feel like, you know, because everything has been a little bit scattered these last few years. And I've been calling it like the slow-moving reboot. This has been a slow-moving reboot for the last six years. And hearing that Warner Brothers Discovery is considering an overhaul, it's like, but we're in the middle of an overhaul. (laughs) We haven't completed it yet. We're in the middle of the birth of the new thing that they've been building for the last several years. And it might have come all sooner without COVID, too. Everything's on a delay. But it's like the new ownership has been preparing what the future of DC looks like little by little. And right now the new owners are going to come in and they can basically decide to pull the plug on the reboot and reboot that, you know, it's, 
it makes more sense now too with uh you know the all those that string of delays we just got like a week or two or whatever ago yeah it's like oh i wonder if it was because of this whole thing you know that that is an interesting thing because even though the deal just got finalized they've been having conversations for months and months and months i feel like i first heard about discovery like six months ago so listen i'm no business guru but you'd have to think the new boss like when it's looking like this deal is on the horizon and the lawyers are just looking at things you know you have to think that the new boss could step in and be like hey can we just pause all that stuff you're working on until i'm actually in charge and then then we can assess what to do with all that content yeah yeah i never I, i hadn't even made that connection but brett you're good, you. That's yeah, it's, it's, but again, the timing of this is fascinating because again, we're we're amidst an overhaul. We are in the middle of an overhaul, and now someone wants to come in and potentially overhaul the overhaul. We're going to reboot the reboot. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> let, let's talk a little more about what is said in the article. So. One of the things, and I've got the banner here on the screen for the last several minutes, uh, this idea of like a DC studio. So Warner, the, the, the article doesn't say this, but the way that they're streamlining everything, the, the, the way that, that the uh, Discovery people, Zaslav, seems to be sort of consolidating powers and trying to, as he puts it, uh, this is all in an effort to have the disparate elements of DC more closely aligned in order to maximize the value, whatever. They're trying to like consolidate all these departments and they're trying to simplify things right. because they see that the DC IP is a critical and important one for Warner Brothers and for now Warner Brothers Discovery. And this has had people wondering, like, remember, there is a marvel studios which yes it's owned by disney but it is its own entity and a lot of people feel like that's why marvel studios was able to get its act together once everyone was under one studio name it all was able to start you know you could create a more unified vision of what this universe is going to be and dc you were what is it brett no, they say yeah, and they actually say that it seems like the leadership that David Zaslav is toying yeah. with the idea, the way they put it, the idea of turning DC into its own solidified content. Vertical. There you go. So right away, uh, immediately, and, and listen, it's everyone hates the comparison, but whatever. It, yeah, it, immediately you think Marvel Studios, DC Studios, like yeah. that's it's going to be its own little house. Yeah, of course, it still has to report back to you know the head honchos, but for the most part, they're going to be their own little subsidiary and just pumping out streaming games it's going to be involved uh, their hands in everything and uh you know listen marvel's doing it we see how they've you know gotten to games now with the avengers with uh you know the, mm-hmm. the sony spider-man deal so we have those insomniac spider-man games we're getting a wolverine game coming from insomniac yep. uh, in about a year or so so yeah it, that's exactly what they're doing here uh warner brothers i believe still owns rocksteady studios that's making the new suicide squad game that just got delayed and that made the arkham series um and they still have you know um WB Montreal, who I think currently is working on that Harry Potter game. But uh, you can imagine, I'm sure, like after that launches, they'll probably get stuck on a DC project. So maybe we'll get a, you know, Superman 64 reboot. Um, oh, just what the world needs. But, uh, you know, yeah, that's that's 100% where, where my mind's going with it. So, And honestly, though, 
it's about time. If they finally get everything under one cohesive, coherent, unified vision so that, you know, everything happening on the screen has something to do with, on the big screen also has something to do with what's happening on the small screen and as well as with the video games and everything is working together. Like, it's about time they do that because Discovery may have just bought Warner Brothers now. But Warner Brothers has owned DC since the late 1960s. And it's taken, and they still haven't really gotten it all together on right. how to maximize that IP. You know, that's always been the thing that's chapped my ass the most out of like these Marvel versus DC things. I'm like, Marvel Studios only began existing like 15, 16 years ago. Now look what they've been able to do since 2007, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, Warner Brothers has owned DC outright. They didn't, they didn't have to go and, like, wait for the rights to revert back right. to them like Marvel <laughs> did. Like, they've owned every single DC character since, like, 19... Everything in-house. And they've Everything. just been like, hey. And yet, they still never just made one DC house that everything comes out of here and there is a, you know, there, there is a central guiding force here, you right. know? So if they do end up pulling the trigger on a DC Studios type of thing, I think it's long overdue and I'd, I'd love to see what comes of that. But what's interesting about it too, the article makes mention that if you're going to do this, you want to have someone who leads the ship, someone who kind of steers things. And it, it, the Variety article makes mention of essentially like a Kevin Feige type of figure. Let me read to you what it says in the article about this. So before the merger closed, Zaslav vetted candidates with experience in creating and nurturing blockbuster intellectual property with a goal of potentially finding someone to serve as a creative and strategic czar, similar to what Marvel has in Kevin Feige. And then they go on to mention that you know, there was someone from Fox who they were looking at, Emma Watts, but it doesn't look like she's going to be taking that job. Then they add, one insider suggested that Zaslav was less interested in finding a creative guru and more eager to hire someone who had the type of business background needed to keep all the different factions at DC working more harmoniously. So that's interesting. Um, it not being a creative guru per se. It looks like, and that's the funny thing though, because Kevin Feige isn't really a creative guru. Kevin Feige is a very smart film producer but I don't think he's ever been the guy who like puts the pen to paper and says, these are the stories we're going to tell, you know, right. He's always just been a savvy producer who understood the formula for how to make a successful universe like this, you know, and it's all about the approach and how you adapt it and finding the stories that mean the most to the fan base and trying to do them justice and, 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 you know, really representing these characters in ways that are recognizable and identifiable, but also kind of, you know, breathe some new life into him. You know, I think his genius isn't that he's a Marvel Comics buff. His genius is just he came up with, you know, the overall game plan for how to make this IP fly. He's just a really smart movie producer. Right. So with that in mind, you know, we had this conversation a couple years ago on the Revengers where we were talking about who should lead DC. You know, everything is so destabilized. They should have someone calling the shots. And I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you remember who we basically unanimously anointed for that job? 
I have a feeling we said Jeff Johns. No, no. I mean, that's woof. You just opened up a whole can of worms there. Yeah, I know. It was either no, at that the or time, I, Jeff I Johns was in the mix already. He was already right. kind of, you know, he had been head of DC films. I'll remind you. But I'm so just what, putting you on the I, spot. I think I know who it was. I'm going to be dumb if I guess wrong again. <laughs> it, well, did, I, we say, did we say James Gunn? No, we didn't. All well, right. I, see, I don't remember anything. Who's you, the Avengers? <laughs> you remember nothing. Who are the Avengers? That day, we walked away going, J.J. Abrams is That's the guy. right. J.J. Abrams. Yes. We were, because at the time, this might have been at some of the earliest points where it looked like Warner Brothers was looking to buy Bad Robot, you know, to buy his production show. Right. And, and they were probably Superman rumors back then, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I feel yeah, like they yeah, went that, way back with that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, it's funny to think what, what a difference a couple of years makes. But at that time, we were convinced that J.J. Abrams was going to be the guy. So I'm just curious, like, how would you feel about that today? It, does 2022, Brett, think that J.J. Abrams is the man for that job? <sighs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's well, it's it's interesting because the way, you know, like, which I don't think just really had anything to do with, necessarily all to do with him, but the way, like, mm -hmm. Star Wars trilogy yeah. turned out um granted I, I don't know how much of like a godfather he was to that i mean he kind of got like stuck he wanted to direct the first one he did he passed the torch and then he kind of got like roped or stuck into doing episode nine and yeah, so his colin but, trevorrow left and there was yeah. yeah it was that was a mess and i think it was very mismanaged by by disney at that point i don't think they really had a, a vision for it so i don't know like how much to blame on him but that does sour it a little bit just because yeah. he was involved at the same time like I you know all the stuff he's been involved when I evolved with I really like. Listen, the Mission Impossible movies he directed mm -hmm. and been a producer on. We yep. both are huge fans of those. We yep. both love the Star Trek reboot. And I know that's not necessarily pulling like different franchises in, but he understands how to like he understands how to reboot things. He understands like I think what fans want. He understands lens flares, you know? So <laughs> it's, it's so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm yeah. a little soured, you know, after the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think. Like, I know he's probably produced a, a ton of stuff since then, but like, there hasn't been like a, a big film from him with yeah, his I name. Yeah, I think he's been laying while, low, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we're the only ones. I feel like a lot of people kind of backed away a little bit after Rise of Skywalker, and it's funny because we had that conversation on the Revengers in early 2019. So this predated the rise of Skywalker coming out at the end of that year. And right. it's just funny to think what a difference a few years to a few years make, because yeah, yeah early in 2019 to me, it was like a hundred percent. That would be a genius play now after rise of Skywalker. And like, I feel like his brand has sort of cooled a little bit. Um, sure. You know, I feel like some people would kind of panic if they announced that. Yeah. Uh, I I'm kind of with you though, where I wouldn't really panic. I do think that Abrams brings the goods. I think I like him best when he's picking the team, when he's hiring yeah. the writers, picking the directors, and just in general putting the pieces in place. Sometimes when he's actually in the director's chair, I think he gives in to his penchant for nostalgia and like aping his heroes too much. You know, we're like, we get it. You love Steven Spielberg and you love George Lucas, but like, don't just riff on what they did already. You know, people want something, you know, 
new. So sometimes I, I get bent to the studio a bit with the Star Wars. I feel like Disney yeah. kind of, you know, moved his hand a little bit, maybe more than he wanted to. Um, maybe. Yeah, I think he made the right move with the Force Awakens with the nostalgia play. I know people go, oh, just a retread, but I think he did in order to reestablish it for the new yes. trilogy. And then they just kind of, I don't know, oh, I'm, whatever. It depends how you feel about the last Jedi. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. like the last Jedi, so I mean, uh, yeah. they shipped the bed by not following through with that. But that's my opinion. Well, <laughs> the rise of Skywalker bringing back the Emperor and all that, you know, like he definitely let us down a little bit. Palpatine is. Huh? Palpatine is back somehow. Somehow, Palpatine is back. Palpatine. Because J.J. Abrams decided. Um, because Disney decided. Uh, we well, need to get yeah. like this. So, for me, if they were to announce tomorrow that J.J. Abrams is basically kind of like assuming the leadership role at DC Entertainment, uh, I would not be at all upset about that. I would just want to be certain. Uh -huh. That he's the he's like the general manager, hiring all the members of the team, but then letting them go play ball. I don't want him on the field calling plays and doing all that stuff because right. uh, I I just I do think sometimes he tends to lean too much on the nostalgia and retreading some stuff. So that is kind of my take on that. But yeah, I have a feeling. It's it's probably going to be someone we've never heard of. Just like most of these, you know, Hollywood executives that we read about in these articles. It's like I didn't know Walter Hamada before they hired Walter Hamada. You know, I didn't know who Toby Emmerich was really before they hired him. I don't really know that world of film executives. Yeah, I mean, um, listen, I, who knew Kevin Feige before this? Exactly. Guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never heard so, that name before. Now he's like a household name. So they're going to find some energetic young producer person who seems to kind of have a, an idea for how to bring it all together. And they're going to give them that job or not, because that was another thing too, in the article, you know, it's interesting that they mentioned that as before the merger closed. Right. And they mentioned that they were considering Emma Watts who didn't take the job. And so it doesn't sound like they actually are still pursuing that anymore. Right. And on the contrary, later on in the same article, they mention Walter Hamada and they kind of summarize his run and talk about his future a little bit here. They say under Walter Hamada, who took over DC films from John Berg and Jeff Johns in 2018, the unit has achieved more consistency in terms of both the critical and commercial reception to the company's movies. He is under contract until the end of 2023 and could play an important role in whatever Zaslav has planned. So that's another part to factor into this too, where yes, they were they were looking for some sort of mega producer type who could come in and simplify things and, you know, kind of run DC, but it doesn't look like they're actively searching for that anymore. And if the variety report is to be believed, Walter Hamada is still going to be around at least another year and a half. And they seem to view him as someone who's stabilized things mm -hmm. and could still be a very vital part of the team. So, you know what? Well, this brings up a good question. Go I think it. now, you know, pre like prior to this, you know, this little overhaul or these rumors that we have mm -hmm. here, uh, you know, WB was trying to be a filmmaker driven studio. Mm, yes. um, now, if we do get some Kevin Feige type in there, that's kind of like, you know, the overseer. Uh, is that still the case? Like, I, like I'll pose the question to you and to our listeners. Like, do yeah. you believe that the uh, Kevin Feige run Marvel Universe is a 
do you think Marvel Studios is a filmmaker driven studio? How do you feel? <laughs> Not at all. But like for Not it's weird all. though because like for some directors I feel like it kind of is. That's but true. If your name is James Gunn, yeah. If you're James Gunn or you're uh Ryan Coogler. Yeah, maybe James Gunn or Ryan Coogler. It looks like you kind of have a little bit of uh, more freedom. Yeah. But uh, everybody well, else. Taika Waititi is kind of doing his thing too. But yeah. yeah, yeah. now that he's in the mix, yeah, for sure. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, he only did Thor Ragnarok so far, right? That was yeah. the only one he did. But and he's got he's Thor Love and Thunder coming out. It's coming yeah. out in like 10 minutes, even though there's no trailer for it. But that's another little story we can get to at some point. Yeah. But yeah. So, but yeah, so it's like, I don't know. Like, would you call it that? No. So like, yeah, like, is that still the case now? Or are we still? Because now when you look at something like, uh, you know, James, James Wan covering Aquaman, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, he's a, they chose him for a reason because yeah. James Wan has a type of movie that he makes. He has a style. Um, you look obviously with Matt Reeves, he definitely has his own vision and thing going on with the Batman. Yeah. Um, Patty Jenkins, I mean, definitely has a thing that she's doing with Wonder Woman. You know, I, I know like it hasn't been the most successful, you know, uh, of the bunch. I, I like both movies. And can we put that uh, on the poster of the next Wonder Woman movie? Patty Jenkins, Jenkins definitely has a thing that she's doing with Wonder Woman. Brett Miro, the fanboy. I don't, I don't want to say like it's because it, it's not like something that's like as uh, I think standout-ish as like. Yeah, you it's know, not as obvious. James yeah. Wan's Aquaman or it's not as obvious, yeah. you know, especially because Wonder Woman 2 is just basically like a, like a Christopher Reeve Superman movie, basically. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse, uh, more like so Superman like, yeah, you three, look at, but yeah, yeah, Superman three. So like, uh, yeah, because it wasn't good. Um, I get it. I get what you did there because hey. it wasn't a good one. Um, so you know, you look at that, and then uh, you know, I don't know, like Shazam. I don't know. It didn't stand out. To, I mean, I know it's like uh, uh, David F. Sandberg, right? Like it, it had a, it had a tone, but like that one didn't really like stand out as some like really you know different yeah. you know type of movie. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of seems like that's what's going on now to DC, but it looks like they've had a little more filmmaker driven. So now, yeah, yeah you bring this person in uh, just to bring it back. Is it that anymore? And you know, listen, these Marvel films. Uh, listen, there's no doubt Marvel has seen a ton of success. So whether you like it or not, whether you're sick of it, you're over it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, I see that sentiment. They're making money. It's a success. You know, yeah. even just the interconnectivity of the movies. I always feel like, so there's some movies that like, I don't care to see, but I'm like, I'm going to see it because I want to see how it's it connects to the thing. other thing. Yeah. So like yeah, you yeah. go see the movie, even though like, I, listen, I, I really had no interest in Thor one or two that I watched them and I was like, disappointed. Yes. Same. But I wouldn't go them because I wanted yeah. to see how they connected to everything else. Uh, same thing with Dr. Strange. The first Dr. Strange I didn't really care for. And you know, but I was like, I need to see how this, you know, yeah. does stuff. And guess what? I'm on board for multiverse of madness now. So yeah, Whatever they're doing works because I'm interested in these characters that I did not care about. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the Eternals seems to be like the first kind of like real stinker stinker, uh, maybe aside from the Thor movies. I haven't seen uh, it, so I can't judge, but that is the word on the street, huh? Yeah. So it, it's just, um, I don't know. So like, I don't know if it's, it's necessarily a good thing or not, uh, you know, when you have like this overseer, because then you get maybe into that, that samey kind of uh, yeah. formula. And maybe that's not a good you. thing. Maybe they shouldn't mimic it on on that respect. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah, because with Marvel, it's definitely not filmmaker driven unless, like you said, it's, you know, you are certain people. But right. I also think that, like, in recent years, they have been shaking it up post Endgame with all of this multiverse stuff, with some of the trippy stuff they're doing on Disney Plus with What If and Loki and bringing open the multiverse and then bringing in Sam Raimi for the Multiverse of Madness. And that looks like a Sam Raimi movie, by the way. 
Yeah. Speaking of the you know, people letting people use their you know auteur voice, right? And I can guarantee that Thor Love and Thunder is going to look like a Taika Waititi, you know, like a true follow-up to Thor Ragnarok. Just like I can guarantee that Guardians Volume 3 is going to feel like its own thing. And these are all coming out in this next phase, right? right. And all this stuff that's happening on in Disney Plus is all kind of part of this new phase. Uh, I think that's because... For those first 10 years, they ran this thing like a TV studio almost, where like the producer, Kevin Feige, was really in control. He was like the showrunner. Mm -hmm. And then he would just bring on directors there to just try to get the story from point A to point B. And I kind of feel like they've been trying to shake it up since Endgame, because even they could tell that it's hard to create under these circumstances. And, it, and, you, and it's hard to hire filmmakers who can do anything special when they have to hit these certain marks. Otherwise these next three movies don't make sense, you know? So I kind of feel like they learned their lesson about kind of micromanaging everything way too much, you know, but, or they gained the goodwill with it. You know, they said, yeah, they gained we're the gonna goodwill, do it this way, gain all the goodwill. And then we're going to be free to and now do... let's get weird with you. Yeah. Now yeah, let's give you some with. trippy stuff. Now let's go cosmic, you know? And I, oh, you did it. We're going did cosmic. That's what but, uh, so going back to DC, yeah, I kind of get a sense, but you don't have to worry about that for now because something else mentioned in the article is that Discovery has kept an eye on the Joker. And the fact that that Todd Phillips Joker movie made like a billion bucks and it wasn't connected to anything. It was just a unique way to exploit this beloved IP. It was, you know, it was handled in, well, I'll, I'll put what they said. They also believe that projects like Todd Phillips' Joker are a shining example of how second-build characters from the DC library can and should be exploited. So that makes me believe, like, what made Joker work is that it was an auteur thing. It was a filmmaker-driven thing. Somebody had a great idea. Right. Yeah, whatever. Is that still a thing? Wasn't it the DC Black Label? Like, well, and that's, and I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like that might be part of what Discovery wants to fix up here with everything seeming so scattershot. Joker didn't have any kind of alternate branding, it had nothing that told the audience that this is not connected to anything you've seen or will see. This is not connected to that Batman reboot that's coming out in a couple of years. This is just a Joker movie. And there's no, this isn't leading to a Batman movie. Um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves because the main thing is them seeing the success of the Joker, them seeing the success of the Batman, them seeing the success of Aquaman. These are all films that were filmmaker driven and that were successful because the directors were allowed to do their thing. So unless they're idiots they see that that's what's working. You know, what's missing is a clear public face for what is, you know, what, what are we trying to achieve here? Which movies are connected? What are we building towards? What events are on the horizon? How is the stuff on the small screen informing the stuff on the big screen? Right now, everything's been kind of like scattershot. I was talking about this on Twitter earlier today, where it's like, if you look at the last three DC movies, all that have been released, all three are in their own pocket universe or, or they're, they're all like unrelated. There was WW84, which, you know, that was its own thing. And it's, it's kind of an offshoot of the Snyder verse and it's Patty Jenkins, as you said, doing a thing with Wonder Woman, right? Then 
after that, and before that was Joker, which again was its own thing. After WWE 84, the next DC movie that came out was The Batman this year. And The Batman, as we know, is its own thing. So that's three DC movies that have come out that have absolutely nothing to do with each other. And so, I mean, well, it depends. I don't know. You're not including Suicide Squad. And because oh, I know it is kind of connected yeah. to the other I thing, but it, it, kind of, it kind of broke thing, away yeah. from the, the, the whole Ayer thing. And it yeah. really was, aside from having, you know, Harley in it, it kind of was isolated from the other stuff. I yeah. think they like loosely referenced a few, they referenced yeah, right yeah, that yeah. Uh, blood, what is it? Blood sport put Superman yeah. in the hospital with a kryptonite bullet. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that kind of, I the think that's kind of awesome. spot is in there. I totally, I totally whiffed on that one, yeah. but I guess three of the last four have been in their own universe. And I feel like if you're the new boss, if you're the new owner stepping in and looking at our content output, you're probably thinking like, we need to like market these things better or message this all a little better because this is going to confuse the audience. On the other side, the ones who are printing money and, and have all the goodwill in the world, the Marvel Studios ones, they always the audience knows exactly where everything fits. They're in on it. They're excited to find out, well, what's the next puzzle piece in this grand tapestry that they're putting together? Whereas on DC, everything just kind of seems to be its own thing, you know? Yeah. So um yeah, I kind of feel like that's one of the reasons that they're coming in and trying to streamline everything because yeah. there's there should be a clear sense of what's coming and what's going, what matters and what doesn't. You know, yeah, I think it's important too that you said messaging because I think also in the like last couple of years, like you were always having like Walter Hamada saying some bullshit in an article. Then you had Anne, you know, Sarnoff coming out and saying Justice League's a cul-de-sac, and like yeah. there were too many voices in like Marvel. You just basically go to Kevin Feige. That's it. And yeah, do what's going on. You know, sometimes the directors chime in. I'm sure like Disney's like, if you say anything wrong, we're gonna break your legs and kill your family. <laughs> so like yeah. they know what to say and what not to say. But it's mostly you're getting the the the. Little little tidbits are coming from Feige, but yeah, it seemed like there were too many execs and leaks and things. Uh, you know, yeah, just oh, people too many people opened their, their mouths at Warner Brothers. So I think that it, it just even have, like you said, even if they don't go, if they don't get rid of the filmmaker driven, if they don't make it this like weird, you know, sterile like vision for the future, at least they have one person at the top, and it's like what he says is what actually matters and what's going to happen, not all this other BS and noise you're hearing on the internet and leaks and rumors, you know? Yeah. So I think that's probably the, maybe the, actually that might be the more important part versus anything. Even the content is just having yeah. somebody that's kind of like, let me tell you what's going to happen. You, Dude, listen I've been, you listen to me now. <laughs> I've been saying this for years that DC has a messaging problem. They need someone yeah. out there to just kind of explain what's up. You know, because even like going back to Zack Snyder in that era of things, right? He apparently had a five film arc in mind. He had a beginning, middle and end, and he was going to be in and out within a few years, essentially. And that's what he was trying to do. And yet the people from DC and Warner Brothers, when they'd be out there making announcements and doing interviews... They were giving the impression that, no, this is going to be like our MCU. There's going to be a million solo movies and spinoffs and team up crossover right. events. And like, but that's not at all what you, the guy you hired to do is doing, you know, yeah. and that was, ended up being one of the reasons why the, the two sides clashed and Warner Brothers kept kind of changing its mind. First, they greenlit him to do this thing. And he's in the middle of doing this thing. And then they mm -hmm. decide they want it to be something else. 
and they're telling the public one thing, but Zack Snyder is making another thing. You yeah. know, they, they've had a messaging problem for a very long time. The same thing where the, the, there was a period there for years where like we would just constantly hear about things that are getting a green light or that are in development that would never see the light of day. There's so many movies that just disappeared, whether it's- That was laughable for a while, man. When you look back, yeah. there was like every day was a new movie announcement, and then it was just like, eh? We should do like a top 10 list of like the DC movies that just never got made that were announced, yeah. you know? We used to put Booster Gold, Nightwing. There was like a previous Batgirl iteration, Lobo. Yes. Um, there was Steven uh, oh. Spielberg Black Hawk movie. Um, there was- <laughs> The what was the one with the people and the uh, Anna Duvernay? Is that her name? Oh, the New Gods. Yeah, New that's God. another one. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I, I've been saying forever, like DC needs to get its act together because its public front doesn't look great. You know, it, it just yeah. it doesn't look great. So hopefully, Discovery, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery, the new owners, kind of step in and create a more coherent and cohesive bit of messaging for what the hell DC's up to. How bad is that name, by the way? Warner Brothers Discovery. Like, uh, you know, I sh they just should have rebranded totally into like something new. It's like it doesn't even like I don't know. Or they, they yeah, it doesn't been flow. Creative with it. Yeah. Warner Brothers Discovery. Like I don't know. Yeah. What? I don't know. Discovery don't know. Bros. They should have been the Discovery Bros. They blew it. <laughs> Uh, and then the other uh, another another thing that came up in this article has to do with the, the spinoffs and the streaming content. I want to yes. read you something about that. DC has started to figure out ways for its big screen films to inspire more screaming, screaming, <laughs> more screaming content. There's there's actually there's been so much screaming over DC. I would like it to stop. There's we been screaming from screaming too many content, fans. Please. Less screaming, guys. Uh, <laughs> So to inspire more streaming content, uh, recent examples include the HBO Max show Peacemaker, which was a spinoff of the Suicide Squad, as well as an upcoming planned series on Colin Farrell's The Penguin and Gotham City's Police Force. But the company believes that DC must do more to grow its approach to comic book fare, including bolstering gaming. And that's where Brett just, you know, is in his glory. I had a but game yet. Listen, the point is, it looks like Warner Brothers Discovery is coming in. They're considering a an overhaul. And actually, before I try to recap things, I want to ask you a, an interesting question, okay? Yes. If you're a boss coming into this, is there any part of you that considers not doing the flash at all? If you're considering overhauling things, since and it is in the can, it's 16 months away. You could maybe find something else to do with that and come up with whatever your new direction is going to be. Do you consider that? Or do you see I mean, the flash? We're, we're, we're 100% done. That movie is done filming. It's done. It's done. It's it finished. Yeah. And then maybe. <sighs> because that's the thing. This maybe, is gonna like, maybe you course. just send it to HBO Max and then you just do something else and film. I don't know. Maybe you could. I, I don't I don't know. It also like really depends. I think how this Ezra Miller thing shakes out. Yeah, yeah, that's I true. I don't think if he ends up still being, uh, if they end up still being troubled, and there's more uh, bad press, I don't think when you come in as the new owners of one of those discovery, you want to lead in with that. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I don't know. They're, they're, that that's interesting. That's that's really interesting. I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
I, I wonder though if there maybe there you know th they may have some notes for that movie that end up having like you know some new sequences added in as part of whatever this overhaul they're mulling over is. You know what I mean? Yeah, listen, we have over have, a year until that. We new have release. over a year. So yeah, I mean, reshoots could totally happen and yeah. probably will. Yeah, um, it's all coming. In, see, Mario, it's all coming into focus now. When you go, okay, we had this big delay. Why would they move yeah. all these films till next year? And then a couple weeks later, you find out that the new the new people in charge are like, yeah, we need to overhaul yeah. some stuff. It's uh, it's it's really telling. It's very. It telling. is really telling, and I th I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I also think, and this is just something, this has been like a, per, like a musing of mine for years now, going back to early 2017 with, with discovery taking over now. Right. And the number one movie from DC right now, and it's a big hit for Warner brothers is the Batman. And that is an unbridled success. Um, if you're the owner, you gotta feel weird about that movie. You gotta feel weird about the fact that like, here we are. With a DC universe and all these beloved characters, but now we just launched a Batman series that has nothing to do with the rest of that and tonally is not at all like a four quadrant type of Batman movie that's going to get, you know, kids and families and older folks. Like this is like, you know, this Batman is much, it's, it's geared to like 18 to 34, you know, men, you know? Yes. And, <laughs> And, and and this is just the, the direction Batman is in now. You know, Matt Reeves got his creative control and he's going to get to make, you know, seemingly a whole other trilogy in this world, making a Batman who does not interact with the rest of the Justice League. And they're going to bring back a Batman from 40 years ago to do that. Like, if I'm the Discovery boss, I'm looking at all this and I'm wondering, like, how did we get here? What's going right. on? How, how how did Batman just end up completely off on his own? And it all comes back to that, like, a decision made, like, four regimes ago. Four, four bosses ago is when this all happened. Yeah. Because when Matt Reeves was able to get that deal and be able to launch his own Batman movie, that happened at the beginning of 2017 when things were really dodgy for Warner Brothers and they mm -hmm. were desperate. And they weren't sure what the future looked like. And they let Matt Reeves decide that he, he can just take Batman off on his own and do this. And then since then, there have been, like I said, like three other bosses who've come in, come and gone. And it's like, <laughs> what do you do about this? If you're Zaslav and you feel like, Damn, Batman is one is one of DC's most important characters, and we're living in the age of the shared universe. But now we have this Batman that is just completely on his own. Like, do you think they're going to try to find a way to like in the multiverse madness of the Flash, kind of at least acknowledge that that Batman is part of the multiverse in some way? You know, I don't think they will. Um... And, you know, and also let us not forget, I mean, like had COVID not happened, this movie would have came out in like 2020. Yeah. Right. I think. Yeah. Like, the original date was 2020. Like, so that's interesting. To think I think about it was June 21. Like, yeah. I think it was going to be June of 2021. Maybe it was still going to be 21, yeah. but still like that movie came out a year ago and, you know, we weren't even in close to this merger and this like new company. Like that's an interesting thing to think about too. But, you know, like, yeah. like they were saying in this article about like the Joker, like, you know what I think? Maybe when the next Batman comes out, they do make some DC black label and maybe you just slap that on there. 
The Batman is part of the DC Black Label. It's his own thing. The Joker is part of the DC Black Label. It's his own thing. Maybe you just do it like that and, and you use that to launch that pillar, uh, that, mm. you know, uh, little stream of uh, the films. And then, you know, everything else gets uh, like, a, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Like a DC Studios stamp on it. And those are the ones that are like the, uh, the MCU equivalent. So yeah, in a way, I think it is weird. I totally get what you're saying. It's strange. It's bizarre. The way everything shook out is, is strange and bizarre. But I think there is a path um, that they can use and, and launch this. Uh, I think actually that's a, you know what? I should probably be running things. I think that's a really <laughs> smart like like thing there is like, yeah, use the Batman to, to like create your film, like filmmaker driven offshoot elseworld stories division you know where they're yeah. not connected and we're just getting these things and why yeah, you yeah, could, why not use a successful movie like the batman to yeah do that in and the joke like retroactively like, rebrand it yeah yeah retroactively rebrand it and it's like here's the two movies that have started off this this rebranding and this new you know branch of dc of dc studios and like i think you got a home run right there you know oh it's part of that line the dc yeah. they give us the batman and joker boom you did it. Just give give me the money now. Give me yeah. all the millions of dollars. Just give them to me. I'll I'll take I'll, whatever Kevin Feige is getting paid. Uh, give me a quarter of it. All right. Give me a quarter yeah. of it, and I'll do this for you guys. All right. If you're listening. <laughs> all right. But now I'm gonna go and bring this thing full circle back to Superman. Okay. Because wait, I clicked on the wrong thing there. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I'm bringing this full circle back to our boy Superman because. If you're Discovery coming in right now and you know that this Batman is off in its own world and the Joker is off in its own world and you get a Ta-Nehisi Coates script for Superman that's also in its own world, is that appealing to you? Or are you really looking for a Superman movie that can launch in the shared world that we're going to see in The Flash, presumably, that we're going to see in Aquaman and Shazam? You know what I mean? I feel like if you if, if they want Superman back, they don't want a Superman that can't play with others. They don't want a Superman that exists by himself. They want a Superman that could be the anchor of their Justice League or something. You know what I mean? Right. So I feel like all of this is going to have some interesting bearing on how they view this script from Coates and how they view whatever it is Abrams seems to want to do with this reboot, because I'm not sure you want to just do another little thing off on its own Island with Superman. I think you want to have Superman in uh, as part of the large canvas, the one that's going to include black Adam and the justice society and all these other characters who in the stories, he has a million stories with, you know, so I think all of this does tie in interesting, interestingly with this reboot that apparently as of earlier this week is still alive. So yeah, there, there, there is a lot to consider here, yeah, but like you don't just scrap this whole Michael Keaton thing. We got Michael Keaton. Yeah. Back. He's already in, in shot stuff for the flash and for Batgirl. So yeah. like, you're not going to just throw that no, out, they're not. you know? They're so not. I don't, yeah, maybe, maybe you just keep moving forward with that plan and we have a Justice League that is uh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, Gal Gadot's uh, Wonder Woman, uh, uh, Supergirl, Michael Keaton's Batman, and and you maybe you just move forward. And, and uh, yeah, and Ezra Miller is The Flash. Maybe yeah. you just move forward with that and that's uh, the Justice I League. Remember. I don't know. <laughs> and then you just have Superman, uh, you know, add him to the, to the DC Black Label, you know? 
Ah, uh, see, I, 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 I can't come with you there. I don't want a black label. Oh, I'm not me. saying I want it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. maybe you just do that because to now like just change all this again just seems like I know. It I just know. seems like you're just gonna be like another huge clusterfuck. Like I feel like we're gonna be waiting till like 2035 before I actually get like the actual reset that we need to like yeah. build the proper Justice League. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. You're making me yeah. think now, like maybe they do just go, you know what? <laughs> Fucking throw Batgirl in the can, the flash in the can, Michael Keaton, here's a couple extra million. Sorry, just go do good movies. I mean because then- <laughs> I, I swear you look at the you look at the how scattered things have been, and it's like, man, you know, we really need to come up with some sort of unified story here. Some sort of, you know. Yeah. Um Unless you shrink, like I was saying before, maybe you, maybe you move the Flash down to HBO Max with Batgirl, yeah, and then you start the HBO Max verse, <laughs> and Michael Keaton's the big star of that of that, and we have like the streaming Justice League, <laughs> and oh, then we wow. get into a film one. I I don't know, man. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. I don't know, but overhauling the overhaul, rebooting the reboot. This is going to be very interesting. This is like uh, new 50. This is like literally like the comics, like the new 52 happened. (laughs) Everyone got pissed off. And then it was like, I don't know how many years later, but then they had to like reboot the new 52 and they did like another weird crisis thing. And that like remerged everything and like reset everyone's age (laughs) back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They literally had to do that in the comics and it took them a while. With the timing of everything rebooting it now is like rebooting the new 52 like when only a couple of the books had come out you know like we still hadn't hit the stride of that or whatever they were trying to do there yet but we're just gonna yank it out of the wall and start over again you know but then it goes back to also like the age-old question like do they do they need we're talking about like they need well it seems well we're talking about it because it seems like this is what they want but do they need to do the marvel thing that's been like the age old question. Cause there are a lot of people that say, I don't give a shit about doing like the connect thing. Just make the movies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe just make a justice league movie out of a vacuum. And it's like, here's justice league movie. We cast all these people and this is just a justice league movie. Here it is. They've met I mean, already. Here it is. Yeah, you know, like maybe we just too. do it, you know? And it's just like you enter in and you, you get filled, filled but in on the gap. All pocket universes then, right? We have the Joker, which is on its own. We have the Batman that's on its own. This flash thing is going to reset things, and you know who knows. Like it, it, the fact that it's just going to show us that there's a million alternate realities, that could be all the legwork that it has to do. Just have that movie come out and establish that there's lots of different versions of these characters, and you don't even follow that specific movie up anymore. Now you just make a bunch of very interesting movies. set in all of these different interesting universes letting the filmmakers come in and pitch you things like the joker like matt reeves did with the batman like perhaps what ta-nehisi coach is doing with the superman script maybe you make it you do you go full-on filmmaker driven to the point where there really isn't any connection between anything at all unless there's like a very specific crisis type story you want to tell that brings them together yeah. What, yeah. what if we get some synergy going? Like, like they're saying, they want to use all the aspects of their business. What if we do something where we get like, you know, maybe a, anywhere from like a one to three episode mini series on HBO Max for each 
new Justice League character, maybe a new mm. Wonder Woman, a new Batman, a new Green Lantern, and they have like a little three episode, maybe they're like three 45 minute episodes, and we get like a mini origin, and then all of a sudden we just get a big screen thing that takes place years later, but like now we have a little origin insight into those characters, and now you yeah. propel that into a big screen, huge budget movie, save a little money, make it a little lower budget on HBO Max, and mm-hmm. then do it like what if we do that like what you know and it would do that in a little maybe a more cost effective ma- uh, manner um yeah. still give everyone kind of like a little origin story or just some kind of sense of them and then yeah. put them in like what if we start doing like things like that it's it's different you know what i it mean it is different it's, i mean and maybe that know. is the way to go yeah the, the, there's a there's a um, kind of borrowing from my wrestling knowledge i think there's a connection here eric bischoff when he launched the alternative to wwf or when he took over wcw in the 90s he was like i could either be uh same as no less than or different than or better than right and okay you're not going to be better than marvel at what they're doing so you're only yeah. going to end up being less than what they're doing right. so or you're different. best off being <laughs> yeah. different than And maybe DC's thing here is imagine we have a landscape. You kind of got my imagination going now that when you said like, just do a Justice League movie, kind of like George Miller wanted to do. Yeah, not that one because that one sounded not that one. Yeah, (laughs) but like imagine if out of the blue, just here is a Justice League movie. You know what I mean? Without apropos of nothing, you know, like like Justice League Mortal would have been, or even at some point David Goyer was looking at doing a movie called Supermax, which was just this standalone story of of. the of green arrow was green arrow in the supermax up prison. in a supermax prison with all of these epic villains and he still love that idea them. and i want yeah. to see it. <laughs> so imagine if we had a dc universe where those are the kind of movies coming out it's all these little mini dc events happening all over the place as yeah. opposed to like now you watch this solo and that solo and that solo and now we yeah. celebrate with the cross like, listen the, the my i i reference this all the time and they made an yeah. animated movie out of it but um the the new 52 when they relaunched just Justice League, that yeah. initial comic is fucking awesome. And then they yeah. made Justice League War. They actually adapted that into an animated version. And literally uh-huh. what they do is like, it's not an origin story of all the characters because we know all of them already. It's the comics. They trust you know that. But it is just like a bunch of shit starts happening on Earth. And in the different areas, people start responding. And all of a sudden, like they kind of crisscross and like they, they kind of all meet and then like have this huge battle and like that's how they meet and team up. And then like the, like it just all happens in like a couple of issues yeah. or like in that case, I think it's what, like an hour, maybe in an hour and a half. I don't even think it's an hour and a half. It's like an yeah. hour long animated movie. And I love that story, man. It's awesome. Like Batman's investigating something. Green Lantern comes down because he that's his quadrant to explore. So they end up kind of crisscrossing. Then Superman, they find him beating the crap out of a bunch of aliens. And then <laughs> Superman's pissed off because he's been fighting aliens and he sees Green Lantern and stuff. So he's like, oh, you guys must be bad too. So he starts coming after them. And then he's like, whoa, 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 everybody like chill out. You know, like, and then it, it, it's, everyone just kind of coalesces and it, it works fine. Like, yeah, it didn't have this long crazy build yeah, up of weird origins for everybody. I don't need it. And and like why do we need to like and listen, maybe you could still have the same make that Justice League movie and then maybe you do have a a Supermax movie that comes out a year or two later and Batman shows up in it. It's the same actor from Justice League movie. We don't have to explain how they met. We don't have to do all that. Like yeah. trust your audience. Like we're not all kind of like it. going back to what general we said audience earlier. Don't care enough to like yeah. bitch and moan about this stuff. It's us big nerds that always 
always get like yeah. all like into the weeds on it. And but for the most part, we're the ones who would know who these characters and we understand where they came from. Like I don't need to be spoon fed everything, and general audiences don't care. They don't. They will just see the movie. It's got explosions. It's got yeah, a as budget. As long as the trailer is good, they'll and be the there. Good. So like, I don't know. Maybe I think maybe that's just just do that. Maybe trust your audience. Trust your filmmakers. Trust your writers. Bam. You know, I don't think I don't think I can top that. I think that is I think that's where we wrap up episode 145 <laughs> of the Fanboy Podcast. That trust your audience, trust your filmmakers, trust the characters too. Many of these characters have been around close to 80 years because there's something about them people love. So you find those things that people love and you tell great stories, and it's really not that damn complicated. Yeah. So all right. Well, Warner Brothers Discovery is uh, there's a new sheriff in town. We're going to be uh, keeping an eye on on whether or not there is indeed an overhaul. You know, a lot of this is just things that they are apparently considering. But just like the Black Superman movie, nothing's confirmed yet. And we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Right. These are all rumors. But uh, we'll be here every week to break down how this goes. Yeah. The next couple of months should be interesting. I'm sure after Very this report, there's going to be lot of crazy shit going on so hey and i'm gonna be you'll be with the fanboy podcast and we're gonna take you through it all don't worry we got your good hands (laughs) you're damn right so everyone until next week life is chaos be kind adios